sometimes I get some freaking awesome guests on the podcast and today is no different. I'm really pumped to chat with today with none other than Russell Brunson's brand strategy guy. Yep, if you're a fan of Russell Brunson like I am, you're going to absolutely love today's podcast. Welcome to Storytelling Secrets. This is the podcast for coaches, consultants, and course creators who want to unlock their core stories and use their stories to sell more online. It's a place to master persuasion and influence so you can build a deep relationship with your audience. And it's a place where real-world marketing strategies, tips, and lessons are shared freely. If that interests you, then you're in the right place. Hi, I'm Jules Dan, and I've battled my way from being a broke group fitness instructor to a full-time, in-demand, freelance email copywriter. Now, I'm ready to get to work. Follow along on my journey as I share my everyday hard-won lessons. I'm Jules Dan, and this is Storytelling Secrets. Okay, maybe I got a little bit too excited, but hey, how's it going? This is Jules. If you've just joined me for the first time, welcome to Storytelling Secrets. I've got a freaking awesome guest today, as I mentioned at the start, and he is his name is Henry Kaminsky Jr. from Unique Designs. Now, Henry is, uh, oh, I loved his story that he t- told at the start, by the way. So if you're a fan of Russell like I am, he's actually, uh, I won't spoil the story, but uh, he helped Russell at the very beginning when ClickFunnels was growing. So super interesting to pick his brain about how he actually did that. And um, if obviously we're gonna get we're gonna get into the weeds of how to make your brand attract the right customers, the dream clients, that sort of thing. Um, but other than that, I don't want to go too much into the preamble. His story is amazing, the content is amazing, and it's an amazing guest. So other than that, thanks for tuning in. Let's get into the interview. Welcome back to Storytelling Secrets. I'm Jules Dan and I'm joined by Henry Kaminsky Jr. He's going to be talking about all about branding today, probably a whole bunch of other stuff too, but I'm really pleased to have you on the show today. Welcome, Henry. Jules, what a pleasure to be here, dude. I'm so happy. It's a little late over here in outside of New York City, but uh, you know what? It is a pleasure to be here and I'm so excited for today's conversation. Yeah, I know. Like, I thank you so much for coming on. I noticed when you booked in at 1130, I'm like, oh gosh, it's like midnight for someone over there in the States right now. What time is it for you over there? It's not that late. It's not that late. It's 930. It's 930. Okay. Okay. So, so you've, you've had a full day. I'll, I'll, I'll try and keep this as easy going for you as possible, but I was wondering if you could let my audience uh, in on a little bit about the backstory of Henry and how you got to where you are, where you are today. Sure. So very, very quickly, I started out 14 years ago as a freelance graphic designer and matured that business into a multi-million dollar boutique branding agency that I have today. We have 13 people that work on my team, including myself, and we really specialize in helping personal brands really monetize their expertise and scale that expertise online through brand strategy and the proper messaging and positioning and marketing funnel strategy, if you will, Mm. um, to really help them impact the people that they truly want to serve and ultimately make this world a better place. So there's a lot of ups and downs in between those 14 years uh, that we could get into and we can go as deep as you want today. Um, I I really truly feel that the parts of my entrepreneurial journey that were the most 
difficult are the ones that tend to resonate the most with people's audiences. So mm-hmm. feel free to go as deep as you want as far as questions. And uh, I'm here to serve. Okay. Well, cool. Well, well, obviously there's a bit of a gap from freelance graphic designer to where you are right now. Um, yeah. Really interesting. Cause we got a lot of coaches, consultants, course creators, probably some freelancers too, who listen to this, you know, when, how long was that time period when you went from just working by yourself to hiring someone and having a few more people? That's a great question. So I actually, that's one of my regrets. I don't regret much in life, but that one of my regrets is not doing it, not doing it soon enough. So Mm -hmm. I went five years being a one man band and being everything inside of my business um, until it all came crumbling down literally in front of my face. It was like a perfect storm. Um, I was growing out of the industry that I was serving at the time, which is the nightlife industry. That's where I really earned my chops. Uh, I was doing a lot of the nightclub promotions for a lot of the the biggest clubs in New York City and New Jersey and Connecticut. Um, that's how I was introduced to to uh, Bon Jovi's brother. And I started working with them for two and a half years uh, on two world tours. I worked with John and did a lot of a lot of behind the scenes uh, branding work for them. And I don't know if you could see over my shoulder there, but underneath one of my diplomas, you'll see a CD. And that's one of the CDs I've actually designed for John. Um cover to cover. And so I was growing out of that, that nightlife industry, as well as getting blasted by a, a natural disaster, uh, which took out two of my biggest clients. So a big hurricane came through mm-hmm. uh, and knocked out two of my biggest clients. We're talking uh, clients that represented Grey Goose and Corona and, and Anheuser-Busch brands. And I was doing all the all the branding for them uh, as far as the, the promotional stuff goes. Right. Yep. And um, they came in and they were the liquor companies, the liquor distributors, and it stood for about a quarter of a million dollars worth of business a year and literally overnight gone. And I couldn't, I couldn't make that money back. I didn't know how as a, as a designer, I, I worked my ass off to get, make those connections and create that relationship and, yeah, and build yeah. that business up. And for it to be gone overnight, you know, you're just kind of stuck with your, you, you caught with your pants down. And so exactly. that's when the business really went into a tailspin. And I started to really uh, resent my clients. I started to self-sabotage. I started to really just kind of throw in the towel. And I remember getting to barely nothing in my bank account. And then it actually went negative. And I went to my wife and I said, I'm broke. I, I, I don't know what to do. This is what's happening. And I, I don't know what to do other than to get a job. But there was something prying me away from that decision Mm. and um she helped me tremendously to refocus and find help and that's where i i bumped into our our buddy russell bronson over there at click funnels and i started listening to his podcast and he kept talking about this program this coaching program and i was like all right i want to learn more and so i i go down that rabbit hole and sure enough I get on the phone with a salesperson and they're telling me it's 25 grand to join. I don't have two nickels to rub together. But one thing that one thing I did have was credit. 
one thing that my father did teach me is have good credit, pay your bills and have, and have good cred, whether it be, you know, on paper or on the street. <laughs> Cause um, yeah, I grew up outside of New York city and that, that was a big thing in my neighborhood is, you know, yeah, you have to, you have to build your cred up. Otherwise, you know, you're, you're, you're nobody, you know? So yeah, keep going. I thought thought cred was like credentials, but it also means street credit. So that's a new thing to learn. Correct. 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 See, you learn. So, so, so uh, I get on the phone with, with the salesperson. I said, Mm -hmm. there's no way I could afford that. It's just out of my league. And they said, well, there's this other program that we have. It's, it's 10 K it's $10,000 us. I didn't even have that Jules. Um, but it might, it might serve you. And I said, you know what? I'm thinking to myself in my head, I said, it's not if this program works, it's when this program works. And what do I have to lose other than another 10 K and to dig myself deeper? I, I, I know what I'm capable of and I just need the, the guidance to do it. So I went in and I paid them 5k up front and they allowed me to pay an extra five, the, the, the rest over five months, which they would never do today. Yeah. Right. Very generous at the time. And I get on the call, first call with Russell, we're both hysterical crying. I'm telling him my whole life story and, uh, he's crying, I'm crying. And he says, you know what? I got this new book coming out. I need your help. You're a phenomenal designer. What would you charge? for, you know, a bunch of stuff. And I said, well, let me think about it. I'll get back to you tomorrow. Now I'm, I'm jumping for joy that he even considered me. Right. Yeah. It's like, but well, I'm let me to- think about it. Get off the call. Like, yes, pretty much. Yes. Pretty much. Um, so I knew that I was into this guy for 10 K. So yeah. I said, you know what? So I go back to him and I says, how's six grand go? He says, okay, well, you know, what's your PayPal? That was it. <laughs> That led to a two and a half year engagement with him and the ClickFunnels team. And about six months after we finished that work with them, yep. they hit a hundred, they hit a hundred million dollars in revenue. Yeah, nice. So that was pretty awesome. And then um, from there, it just, the business just took off and I started working with uh athletes, professional athletes, uh, celebrity chefs like Fabio Viviani. And it started mm-hmm. to catch wind from there. And then I said, you know, I'm, I think I'm onto something here as far as working with personal brands. I think people, they really resonate with me because I literally designed my personal brand from scratch and uh, took it to this level. And so people really resonated with that. And I think that's where a lot of the business came from. Yeah. Well, that's super interesting. I love that story with Russell because I'm sure a lot of my listeners can relate because they'd be readers of his books. Now you got me curious because um, for you to create that result with the branding that you did with Russell, right? I'm curious to know, like, what are those key things that you worked on with Russell that can also apply for someone who's a lot smaller who might not necessarily have like a free plus shipping offer, like all this back-end marketing solutions like what are a few things that some people can work on themselves and get a maybe not a similar result but at least a good result out of their branding yeah so one of russell's biggest pain points was he said to me henry i have six designers working for me right now and they're Mm -hmm. all coming back with six different looks and feels there is no cohesiveness there is no consistency whatsoever and if we want to get serious with click funnels we need to like wrangle it all in and create a very consistent cohesive message not only from an identity standpoint 
but from a, a, a vocal or verbal standpoint. And I am no copywriter by any means, but I definitely know how to create a high quality premium looking design that's going to attract a premium, high quality client. Mm -hmm. And so we made sure that he went through the proper strategy so that I was informed and my team was informed what we need to do and what we need to create to make that happen. And so once he went through some of that discovery with me, we then had a game of, of, of we had a, we had a game plan. We had a, we had a plan of attack mm. and um, we made sure that everything from across all platforms, across all um, channels was going to look consistent and have that very direct message to that direct client that he wanted to attract. And that's one thing anybody can do uh, that's listening today is to make sure that you have a very consistent look, feel, culture, sound, tone, personality, because people find inconsistency untrustworthy. That's what they equate it to subconsciously. When you have somebody saying one thing and then another thing another day, and then they they look yeah. polished and professional one day, and then they look amateur and, and Mickey Mouse another day, yep. what does that breed? It, it breeds distrust. And so that's something that we really have to pay attention to from a brand identity standpoint and from a brand messaging standpoint, that consistency is really going to build trust and trust sells. Yeah. All about that congruency that whoever you're talking to is going to be the same person every single time. So a lot of what you do to focus on, you said a lot of the messaging, but do you more touch on say like the symbolism and you know what branding is normally known for? Because you said you're not necessarily the best copywriter. So do you still focus on say the, the words or is it mainly just look and feel? No. So it's look and feel is a fraction is a fraction yeah. of what of what branding really is. Tell me um, about it. Yeah. So branding the best definition that I've ever come across is, is from uh, a guy in the branding space called Marty Neumeyer. And he wrote a few books, The Gap, uh, The Brand Gap, uh, Zag, um, and, and, a, and, a, and a bunch of others. And his definition of branding really resonated with me. It, and he said it's that gut feeling people get when they interact with your business, your product or service. So I equate branding to a feeling, to an experience, to a connection. Okay. So how do we create that? What are people going to say? What am I going to say about Jules when I get off this podcast? That's brand. Mm. That's brand at its core. And the logo, the website, the funnels, the, the identity online, that's just the, that's just the dressing. You know, that's just the dressing. That is the, that is the clothing of the brand. So the brand is really the, the experience and the connection and the feeling that you, that you put out there in the world. So that's what we focus on when we work with our brand accelerator clients. You know, that's what we focus on is that, like, what do you want to be known for? What is your message? Mm. What do you not want to be known for? Uh, yeah. And how are you, and who who are you for? I think that's the big thing that a lot of you, believe it or not, Jules, you as a copywriter may know this too. Uh, 
you know, but working with your clients is when I do a thorough diagnosis, and this is where I got the brand doctor name from, is because I work in three phases. I, I do a diagnostic first or a diagnosis first, then I prescribe a custom strategy, and then I apply that strategy accordingly. Mm-hmm. But when I am in that diagnosis phase, really getting a better sense of what their pains are, I realize that they don't know who the hell they're talking to. And that's why yeah. that's why they have lackluster results online is because they're trying to serve too many people or they have too many idea clients, ideal clients in mind and they're trying to serve them all and their, their messages are coming out really flat Yep. and, 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 and people don't know if it's for them or not. Yeah. It's, it's a really good point. And I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because you know, the other day was when I was on a client call, she was in probably a similar situation. Like we're trying to nail that message. Like, so who are your typical clients? She's like, well, I get men and I get women. I'm like, no, like who is like the 80, 20, like, and then she's like, okay, probably women. And then, and we asked, so what industry? Oh, mainly in financial and in engineering. Like, no, no, no. let's go back to it. What's the 20% of the people who are giving you 80% of your money basically. And we're just like dwindling, dwindling it down to that. Maybe a bit different the way you do it, but look, I'm curious to know because you ask people that question, who do you want to serve or who do you stand for? And that might give you, a wishy-washy answer. So what, what kind of questioning or how would you ask someone to get past that surface level answer to get to know who yeah. they're serving? So, so there's a series of questions that I ask. And one of the questions is how would you describe, how would you describe your business? And that's, that's question number one, right? And then question number two is what got you into this line of business in the first place? I, I definitely want to know what that is. And then second is, what, what's your higher mission that you're on? And I, I, I want to get deeper there. And like, why are they doing this in the first place? That's going to bring out a lot of, a lot of intelligence for me to work with. And then I'm going to dive into how they really stand out from their from their market. And I'll ask questions like, well, how is your business different from the rest? And I think that's where they really get caught up. Mm. You know, they'll say process, you know, I get that one a lot. Good quality. My process is different. Well, what about your process? Because if it's, if I can duplicate your process, that's not your point of differentiation. So what is that differentiation? Um, then I would ask them a, a, a follow-up question is like, okay, well, how do you do that? Like, what about it? And how do you go about it that makes it different? And then I would ask another question like, well, then why would I, what, like, why would somebody believe that? Like, what makes you credible? And how does that impact your credibility? That's very, very important. Then I'll dive into questions like, well, whose clients would you like more of? And then they'll start, they'll start unlocking their competition. And then I'll ask a follow-up question like, well, why them? Why, why did you choose that competitor? And then I'll dive deeper and ask a question like, all right, well, how are they earning? What are they doing? to earn those clients. 
And that's where they, that's where they go. That's where they flatlined because <laughs> they don't know. Yeah. Like if I knew I would be talking to you right now, mate. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, and then, and then here's, here's where I, 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 I think they get the aha moment is I say to them, okay, well, what could your competition be doing better? And that's that there is where I open up that possibility aha moment. Like, ah, I see where Henry's taking me. He wants me to find that, 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 that's that zone that nobody's touching that I can, I can now deliver and find that gap and fill it. And that's where they, they, they start to understand the power of brand strategy and then it's off to the races. Yeah. Then it's, then it's off to the races. So it's, I am very Socratic in my approach. I ask a lot of questions and I want to go really, really deep because when I go away, so my, my clients will come through a workshop, five or six work sessions. We go that deep. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I'll go away for a week and a half or two weeks. Um, and I will distill all of that information and synthesize all of that information down to really key insights. And that's where I create my brand strategy handoff that I give to clients. And that's where we also develop our business growth acceleration. And that's where I help them with their marketing and funnel strategy. So that's how brand strategy informs marketing strategy. And now we have a plan of attack to actually design something that's going to make a major impact. And you're not trying to do this with a blindfold on. Yeah, that's the best analogy for it. Look, there's so much gold there. I just want to walk through my audience, through those questions, because it was really good. I may have missed a few, but here are some of the good ones for you guys listening. How would you describe your business? You know, what's what's your high mission? How do you do what you do? What makes people believe you? That's a good one. What are your credentials? Um, stories involved, that's, kind of, that's a good one. Um, where are your clients going? I think that's what I wrote with my little scribble here. Um, you might have to correct me in that. Um, and why are they going to your competitors? I think that's a really good question. And to like sum up everything you were saying, from what I said, from what from what I heard, it's not like, hey, look within for these answers. It's a lot of a part of it's like look within for your purpose, but then look outwards for what the market is telling you and signaling you for where the gap is right now. Right. It, yeah. Let me share a quick story with you. So, mm. uh, Oprah Winfrey, the world knows who Oprah yeah, who's Winfrey she? is. <laughs> and I was listening to a podcast where she was being interviewed. And she said when she had that show, the Oprah Winfrey show, um, what she used to do at the end of each show was kind of hang out with the audience. And it was predominantly women. And she would hang out with them after the show and just talk to them. And they would kind of gather around her. And she used that audience as like a focus group. She she was asking them questions and she was listening to what they were saying. And then she went back to her producers and said, this is what's on their minds. And so then they would craft each upcoming show accordingly. So smart. Right. And so, uh, you know, not to, I don't want to go too far off course here, but 
I do this with my Instagram account. I have like 151,000 followers over there. And every week I'm doing two Instagram live streams and they're for 45 minutes and I get hundreds of questions coming through those every time I go live. I'll also put out a post maybe every two weeks and I'll say, how can I make this account better for you? What, what questions do you want answered? And this gives me droves, droves of content idea. Why should I try to figure it out and guess when I could just ask them? So I thought Oprah was brilliant for doing that. And, and I said, Oh, there's, there's Oprah's marketing chops there. Yeah. Uh, dialing in. So I want to encourage people that are watching, listening to this to do the same thing. I mean, your audience is going to have all the answers you're looking for. You just have to ask them. Exactly. And, and if you're, if you coming, if you're thinking like, Oh, I don't have a huge audience. Like, like Henry, I don't have 151 K look, go to his account, go to the, the people who are the influencers and check out what's in the comments because Read the comments. that's what's going to be telling signaling you. And so you can't use an excuse that I'm not, I'm not big enough to have the audience. And at least here's another, yeah, here's another thing, Jules, go to Amazon and go to the books that are popular in your category yeah, right. or in yeah. your industry and read the reviews, read the three star and two star and one star reviews. Yeah, that's key. You'll get their energy. You'll get their emotion. That's, that's what you talked. You can write a whole, you, that's where you can get your, your, your sense of, of your messaging is just speaking to that, speaking to what you read. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Right. So when you're going through, while we were on the topic of reviews and going through content, are you trying to just categorize them into different like questions or objections or, you know, um, or, because there's obviously hundreds of different angles you could go down. So how would you refine it into what's that perfect brand message? I'm looking for pain points. I'm looking for where they are, where they are painting and struggling. And when I read those one-star reviews and they're just pure angry, Mm. I want to get an understanding of why. And they'll say it right in the review. You're a charlatan. You're this, you're that. Well, if somebody's upset about somebody being a charlatan, well, what's the real core issue there? There's a trust issue there. There's a, they might've gotten dodgy product hosed. Yeah. Yeah. Hosed before. And, and people may not be familiar with those, with those, with this slang, but like maybe they got ripped off Mm. in the past and that really, really, hurt them in different ways. Well, that's, that's what you speak to, you know, you you speak straight to that. And I think, I think moving forward 2021 and beyond, I, here's my words of advice, I guess, because I study this stuff every day. Humanizing your brand is probably one of the best things you could do moving forward because the Gen Z uh, uh, the Gen Z uh, generation are looking for brands that they can connect to as if they were a person. They're not connecting to a logo. They're not connecting to, they're connecting to another human. Mm. 
or they're connecting to a brand that is humanizing itself in a way that it feels like a person. And I, I had this discussion today in a live stream about this one client uh, of, of, a, of a coaching client of mine is trying to get him to agree that taking him out as the face of the business is a good idea. And I think that is, that, yeah. that is a, that is a horrible idea. And, and I think that, that when people realize how big of a mistake that is, they'll get it because people will connect and buy from people first, and then they will buy your product or service. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with you. Um, I definitely connect with the brands that have, maybe it doesn't have that face, but at least you can pick up a persona behind the messaging. I think, was that was that what you're going at? If you can't have a face attached to it, at least have a consistent persona. Yeah, but I would also, I would also challenge you to, to be that, be a person. And I had this conversation. This is the question that I asked my client. I said, when you think of Apple, who do you think of? Yeah, Jobs. Right. When you think of Microsoft, who do you think of? Gates. Okay. When you think of IBM, who do you think of? Oh, I don't know his name. <laughs> no, there is no one. Yeah, oh, that's the point. Ah, oh, good. Wasn't, wasn't feeling stupid for a second. Oh. No, there, there's, there's nobody because they don't sell to people. They sell mm. to other businesses. So if you're a business that sells to people, it's so important to to create a persona and I, and and no i i believe and i'm a firm believer of this is the founder is that person yeah the founder is that person yeah you know it's actually kind of interesting um i was listening back to some of russell's podcasts like from two three years ago and he came to this conclusion being like what happens if i want to sell um i can't be the face of click funnels forever. So he's starting to slowly hand off some of the leadership in terms of ad creative or just showing up at events to other people. Um, this might be out of the scope for what's, what, what's actually going on live as my audience, but just out of curiosity, you know, what would, what would, what would you suggest to Russell if he wants to sell or, or leave his position as being the face of click funnels? He just wants to put it behind him, but they still need that personality behind it. I think, I think, he's done a hell of a job of building the culture of click funnels. Totally. And if he, yeah. And if he were to sell that business tomorrow, that there may be some tears for the first week, yeah. but that's it. <laughs> and I, I listen, I think Russell's a great guy and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not discrediting him at all. All I'm saying is, people have a tendency to forget very quickly and, but they won't forget how you made them feel. So I think Russell's done an incredible job of creating that feeling. And I don't know if you've ever been to any of his live events in the past, but I've, I've been to quite a few of them. Um, and there is definitely an energy in that at that event that is second to none. I mean, it's no, it's like no other, you know? Yeah. Um, so he's done a great job at that. But if he were to sell it, sell it and, and, and move on, listen, you will always be remembered from, you know, from that community, by that community. I wouldn't worry about it too much. Yeah. Okay. Well, that kind of answers my question. 
So I wanted to move towards the end of the conversation and, and focus towards my guest. And, and that's all that you obviously, Henry. And now I'm curious, you know, what is your vision for the next six to 12 months with what you're doing in your business? Six to 12 months. Okay. That's not too far away. Um, so what we are doing is we are really, really, now that COVID is sort of lifted, I'm, I'm in the United States, so it's, it's getting better here by the day. I mean, yeah. the, the cases are dropping and things are opening up. I mean, things are getting to somewhat normalcy, I, I, I must say, over the past, say, three weeks. So I'll share with you quickly and then I'll get I'll get to the question. Mm-hmm. Um, when COVID hit, I had to make some serious moves. Um, we were a f- we were we were chubby as a company, if you will. We were fat. You know, there was a lot of fat on the bone. Uh, we had a lot of nice to haves inside of the business. And when COVID hit, I had to strip all of that out and go lean and mean for as long as I could. You know, it's like, uh, you know, uh, an airplane, you know, letting, letting out some of the fuel to yep. let, right. So, to, 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 analogy, so, so yep. it's not as heavy. Right. So that's what I did. And then now that COVID is, you know, I'm not going to say over by any means, mm. but now we're getting back to normalcy. My business prior to COVID, it was so autonomous where all I did was work with strategy work with clients on strategy and do live streams all day. That's it. That's what it did. And we were doing 50, 60, 70, $90,000 a month in revenue. When I stripped all of that away and I started to hand handling some of the stuff myself again, just to get through COVID, mm-hmm. my numbers dropped. I'll be straight up. Yeah. Stress my sales, on your yeah, my, yeah. My sales dipped pretty hard. We had a record breaking year. We had a record breaking month last June, which sort of guided us. We had a couple bigger clients towards the end of the year, but we went five months with like no clients because I was trying to wrangle it all in myself. And it's crazy. Bootstrapping. Oh yeah. So it's crazy. So a couple of weeks back, I decided I see what's going on out there. Let's start bringing the team back. And so the team's slowly coming back and I'll, I'll share with you a quick win. Yeah. So now they are scheduling. So I spend about an hour a week scheduling the content that I'm going to deliver that week, every Sunday. Right. So I let my team now handle all of the distribution, all the promotion of that content. We had our first live stream yesterday Mm -hmm. and we doubled our live viewership. We doubled our live viewership because of it. So that was the sign from the universe telling me, Henry, it's time to get back in your lane and do what you do best and let your team do what they do best and stop being the bottleneck. (laughs) And so, so, the next six months is to really make sure that the the business is running that as smoothly and tightly and as well oiled as it was pre COVID. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it's going to take six months to do, but I will tell you that our main focus now is to really refine our messaging. I'm, I'm constantly refining Jules. It's not something I just do once and forget it. 
constantly refining the message. And um, again, we're, I think, I'm not going to think, I know we are going heavy into the personal branding space and, and remembering what got us to this level of business in the first place. And that's truly helping people brand themselves to get their messaging correctly, to get their identity correct, and to get their online presence correct so that they can go out and impact a lot of people. Yeah. And so I think over the next year, what I'm going to do is slowly, slowly um, give more design business and more execution business to my team and for me to stay more focused in strategy. So right now I'm, I'm, we're doing it all. So we're doing strategy and execution. What I'm going to start to do as I, as I get older too, I turned 40 last year is, is I'm going to have my team be introduced to the client directly. I'm going to step out of the way and I'm going to let my team project manage the execution and I will only be responsible for the brand strategy. Got it. Yep. And then that's, that will be, then that will be basically a consultancy at that point, as far as I'm concerned. And um, I'm not cheap. So, you know, I only need two clients a, a month to, to it, live it, 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 very, it, it, very comfortably. Yeah. <laughs> so that's my goal is to just work with two strategy clients a month and call it a day. Um, and there's no doubt in my mind that we're going to do that. Yeah. So that leaves my next question. So you're, you're moving away from the doer and the strategist, which are two completely different roles into just being the strategist. So what is that thing that you need to focus on? You might, that might be a little bit scary that you know you need to overcome in order to hit that goal is just being the strategist. Yeah, letting go of letting go of that control of wanting to be the creative director and allowing my, my team to run with it and to actually creative direct and create something from my brand strategy and from my uh, uh, business growth acceleration strategy and let them run with it. So it's, 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 again, it all comes back down to control. Everybody wants to control. And what I found out over the years and learned over the years is if you, if you really want total control, you got to let go. You just got to let go. And I found my biggest wins in life and in my business is when I let go. And so that'll probably be, that's the biggest, that's the biggest hurdle, but honestly, it's totally doable. Yeah. Well, it sounds like it's a completely different podcast. Like the fear of letting go and letting the, what like that need to control, man, that's like another deep psychological thing. Cause like you've come from this, I've done this all myself to get to where I am today. Um, that fear of if, if it's not going to be right for the client, like I, I'm just going off a bit of a tangent here, but I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, all right, wrapping up this episode today, really enjoyed it with, you, with uh, your conversation, Henry. I know you've got a podcast yourself. You're more than welcome to promote your podcast. If there's anything else that's going on, you've got the, the floor right now. Yeah, so I have a phenomenal podcast for the past four and a half years. Um, it's called the Brand Doctors Podcast. You can It's on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, all over the place. Um, and I also, I just recently, literally updated my 
masterclass and today. And it's, it's very simple. The title of it is How Personal Brands Can Scale to Seven Figures. That's it. So if you want to get access to that, it's a 23-minute video, and I'm going to walk you through the do's and don'ts of how to scale to seven figures. I've done it multiple times, so I know what to do and what not to do. But I'm also going to share with you a lot of client wins and how I was able to help them get to that level of success as well. So if you go to Unique Designs with a Z at the end, not an S, dot net forward slash level up my branding, you will get access to that. It's 100% free. Like I said, it's 23 minutes long. And you'll really understand the ins and outs of scaling a seven-figure personal brand. It's completely doable. Listen, if I could, if a scrappy kid from New Jersey could do it, anybody could do it. And so I'll leave you with that. Awesome. I'm going to leave Henry's podcast and that masterclass in the show notes. Thanks again for coming on to Storytelling Secrets, Henry. You got it, Jules. Thanks again. Keep up the great work, man. I love it. Hey, this is Jules here. Thank you so much for listening all the way to the end of the podcast. I really appreciate it. So if you want to go check out my guests, freebie, what they spoke about, learn a little bit more about them, maybe they've got an event they spoke about on the podcast, you're going to find all the information below in the podcast notes. And on top of that, if you really enjoyed the podcast, if you absolutely loved Storytelling Secrets, I'd really appreciate it if you go leave a review on iTunes. It helps get the podcast out to more people and uh, I'd be really, really grateful. On top of that, if you leave a review, a written review, I'd be more than happy to read it out on air. So you're more than welcome to drop a note, say hello to a friend, promote your business, whatever. The mic is yours, so to speak. So other than that, thank you so much for listening. Go leave a review and I'll see you next time on the podcast.